Hi, welcome to the Mohua Show. My name is Mohua Chinappa and I am an author, entrepreneur and ex-housewife. This podcast is about everything from business to technology to arts to lifestyle but done and spoken imandari se. Hi, in this episode, we have with us Koshik Chatterjee, a certified executive coach and founder director of Career Clinic. Koshik has over 20 years of experience in the corporate sector where he has led large businesses across products, services and solutions. He's known for his expertise in sales performance improvement and has coached over 125 executives, helping them to unleash their potential. Koshik is also a volunteer and is actively seeking a co-author for his upcoming book. So welcome Koshik in today's episode and this has been one of the most interesting podcasts for me because you know I've never done a podcast on how one can help people get their performance better in sales. So can you tell us a little about your journey into coaching and how you became an executive coach? Thanks so much Moha for inviting me in the Mohua show. Maybe I'll talk a bit about you know my passion for selling before I jump into the other question. My definition of selling is like helping people solve their problems, maybe achieve their dreams. And you know these are often motivated by an element of fear or desire. And I realize that there's a bit of selling in most things we do. You know as kids when we cried we sold our shrill to buy attention. You know so when Young ones go out for a date. They try hard to create different reasons as to why they are a preferred choice for the partner. In fact, when governments launch welfare schemes, they sell very populist emotions and buy mandates. And when nations go for war, and one is happening right now, they sell common causes to buy alliances. So I found sales to be a very enthralling uh, proposition, a mixture of uh, science and art. I may say it's a multidisciplinary. And, and, and the very power of selling is what I realized in my career that, you know, it can influence agendas, it can reshape thinking and help people move, not just in the context of buyers, but otherwise help people move, shift from a certain state to a better reality. And, and, and that is what fueled my passion for selling. And so, to answer your question, I'll call the becoming an executive coach a very logical progression because what I enjoyed in the business of selling was to help organizations, people move from point A to B, from a present state to a better reality. And that's exactly what coaching is all about. So after I quit uh, my corporate job 23 years and was exploring new age careers, there was amazing synergy with my values, my beliefs and what made me happy. And that's very important. And uh, in, in coaching, you can partner with people to help them unlock their potential and, you know, become a better versions of themselves. So I found it to be a very rewarding and fulfilling role. So I went underwent a rigorous training from my master coach. It was for about six months and then got certified as an executive coach. And then later pursued a credential from uh, the International Coaching Federation. ICF is the name that it's commonly being used. So I'm so happy to have impacted over this 125 senior professionals, mostly in their mid-careers. And, and the happier part of the story is they could launch themselves into enjoyable work zones. Mohua. How amazing. So, you know, there must be a lot of people who come to you and a few of them maybe do not have the entire ability that requires you know to be a great salesperson and I just so completely agree with you all of us are selling all of us are influencing in some way or the other and um, so how do you help your clients identify their potential and unleash it you know just, just share a few examples coaching practice obviously has to be filled with continuous learning because different strokes different folks and uh, I had the privilege uh, of learning from uh, some very renowned 
master coaches. So typically when I work with clients on several aspects to bring their transformation, and remember this agenda of transformation is theirs and not mine. So as a coach, we are trained to withhold judgment. Uh, things like deep listening. And, and, and there's a common term saying, you know, holding the space for clients. So don't judge, listen deeply, but hold the space. Help them articulate to establish a very strong vision and a purpose, the why, the big why for the change. Understand, you know, their values, their beliefs, their cultures, their, their perspectives that they're coming from. And especially explore the one that are limiting them. You know, we call them the limiting beliefs. And then work on their mental models. Uh, try to establish a better mental model than what was sort of limiting their beliefs. And it's very action-oriented. So you chalk out milestones. You chalk out that, okay, what you like to achieve maybe 30 days from now, 90 days from now. And then in between, some skills needs to be developed. And so, you know, as a coach, you know, you point out that the client acknowledges and obviously invests in building certain skills. And in the entire process, there is a sense of accountability that the client has. And that sort of uh, drives to take them consistent action. So between one session and the other, uh, they come back with full accountability saying, this is what we discussed in the last session, right? This is what I committed in terms of going and maybe just talk to certain people in the conference because I see that, you know, I'm not a very naturally uh, gifted in terms of executive presence. So I broke that little barrier and this time Koshika, I went and spoke and, you know, I could connect with uh, five of them. And in fact, you know what, uh, you helped me to craft that little piece of 30 seconds about me. I think that would really worked one. So, so by staying with them in the process, they start achieving these milestones. We celebrate small victories and you know the momentum is increased. And then they learn to unlock their fullest potential. Yamaha. That is so amazing because, you know, there are so many people who may not, who may be phenomenal with the work that they do, but they sometimes lack the confidence, you know, to go out there and speak in front of a crowd of people. So, you know, there must be this whole transition that happens for most of your clients, right? They have to transition from one role, uh, you know, or, or an industry to another. And obviously, the sales pitch keeps changing based on the industry. So, can you share with us, you know, any client that you helped transition from one industry to another? Sure, Mama. As I said, you know, there are quite a few, but I think I'll try to pick up one. Uh, and this is like a very senior leader who, you know, sort of approached uh, me with a conversation and, uh, you know, I could sense a crisis that is in his organization. You know, this this feeling, that eerie feeling that one has that he is no longer desired in the organization that he has served for over a decade. So, there's this huge depletion of of, of hope, optimism, engagement, that's happened. So when we started to engage, uh, he was in a state of denial. And there's just, you know, psychological activism flaring up, saying this just cannot happen to me. And uh, it took me quite some effort and a couple of sessions to take him through this, if I may call the denial, shock, acceptance and engagement cycle. It was only when he wrote his mail of resignation, and this literally happened in one of the sessions, because he was been holding this act, hoping and praying that what he's thinking is not right. So only when he dropped this resignation meal, he started to engage with his, what I may call the preferred future. Otherwise, he was just withholding taking actions. What was being discussed in the sessions was not being enacted. If I may recall right, it's within six weeks, he completed the process of, of identifying, you know, enjoyable roles and companies, the, the happier destinations for 
because he's an exponent and expert in in his uh, sector he then reached out to the decision makers so you know i mean together we crafted a value proposition statement how it can be different for the different uh, companies that uh, he he's willing to have a conversation and then he prepared for those conversations we had mock sessions between you know today tomorrow is the interview so let's do a quick 15 minutes how can you lead the conversation it's not an interview for him and in the process he actually backed two offers that were acceptable to him within 6 weeks and i will challenge him to leverage this situation because you know there was this power of two offers so why don't you leverage this situation and lead a successful negotiation and you know this gentleman wasn't of a negotiation mindset he said hey i got this i'm so happy and i must just pick up one lest i lose something and uh he was actually made to made to lead a negotiation and which he he successfully did so what i may say you know from a state of hopeless depression he he pulled himself up to a revered destination in a dignified way with a 40% rise in compensation and that was a very very senior level and uh, you know this 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 sense of uh, a win that happens and be only say when my clients win the coaches win and there was this huge sense of victory for for both of us oh my god you've touched my heart when you speak about this because i've met so many of my friends who are constantly negotiating they're so worried and you know they don't know you know whether they should just put in their papers or whether they should stick on and that whole denial that you talk about you know it requires so much of a mental game to even start accepting that you may be in denial so you know there's a lot of psychological work that you must be dealing with you know with your clients you know because obviously this is such a huge decision to take of transitioning from one industry or even a job where they feel that maybe they are not wanted so what are the qualities that you think that you personally have you know as a executive coach uh, you know obviously you need to balance your empathy and you know you need to provoke your clients also for them to take that decision because it isn't easy so just share with us a few we know ideas as to how do you balance this entire thing mama you know you have to take action to change and i'm sure you know you must have gone through this phase as well uh, and and most changes are like you know stepping out from the comfort to the courage zone so from from the chill to the dreaded arena so that's where as a coach and i think my background of selling uh, has taught me that you exercise a tricky mix of of being an empathetic caregiver if i may call so and a provocative challenger i'll just repeat balancing empathetic caregiving and provocative challenging this is what mostly keeps clients on the course so when they feel that you know they they are they are they are very really softly uh, being told onto that uh, and then suddenly they are given a provocative challenge they come on the path and when they come on the path it's not easy and so they 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 have a little bit of an wear and tear uh, emotionally and physically and then you do a little bit of a caregiving and they again come back on the path so so uh if you turn extremes then there is either awestruck overwhelm or very pampered paralysis right uh and, and both of this doesn't support change so so being conscious about uh when do i bring in that little piece of of uh, inspiration when do i bring in that piece of cajoling when do i bring it a soft notch to a hard notch is this is you know i mean i think that senses are built up and i i think i'm getting better at it as i as i the uh, more folks around this of course you know different coaches have different styles but this has mostly worked uh, between my clients and me and uh, and uh, going back to to some of the qualities that you said you know that really uh, has brought me onto this 
I, I will talk about a bit of, uh, you know, what uh, as a sales uh, training aspect, you know, something that I also do is what I realized is, you know, when you train, you, you give somebody, you impart skills, right? So, so for example, in sales, you know, we do some workshops and, you know, we, we teach people how, how to create a value proposition for them, how to build, let's say, a quick rapport, how to, how to discover that hidden, unstated, uh, implicit need, uh, maybe the emotional need that, that the customer is having. How do, you, how do you communicate that benefit of buying this versus not doing this? So, you know, what we call it, let's demonstrating impact. So things like ability to ask great questions, tell compelling stories, you know, create simple, impactful, visually inspiring presentations. How do you capture attention uh, quickly in meetings? How do, how do you renew engagement, especially in the virtual meetings? How do you renew engagement? So in-person, virtual, hybrid, this is all what, what we, we, we sort of, uh, uh, you know, some part of we also, also works with, with sellers. And since most of my clients also do come from a sales background, so I think, you know, I mean, I, I sort of can connect it easily. And that's not enough. So where coaching comes into the four is, it is important to coach further to assure the execution. You know, all of us have attended tons of workshops. It was a nice feeling to be for two days, you know, have great mentors, good lunch, and then we are back to work and businesses as usual. So what we are, we have realized this reinforcement through coaching is also very key. So one is coaching as a standalone piece and coaching also as a follow-up to a training piece. So, so that, you know, when reinforcement happens, the skill that has started working for me, it can actually stick and transfer and get embedded in me. Otherwise, and as research shows, 85% of learning is forgotten within 90 days of the intervention. So done and dusted. So what do you do with the balance 15%? It's not sufficient enough to make you a shit. Of course, uh, not all, all the organizations, not all learners are willing to go through this full path. But yeah, this, this is what, what, what the reality is. So Koshik, what inspired you to start this, uh, you know, the career clinic? And of course, the kind of services that you offer, it will really be beneficial for high school and undergraduate students. So tell us a little bit about this. So let me share you a secret mover. And you can share this back with me too, because what I'm stating is what you have also gone through. An entrepreneur's journey is filled up with moments of creative expression around different possibilities. You know, we talk, we, we talk with different ideas. Uh, now that we are a free bird, you know, what could be done and what could be value for certain set of customers. So let me roll back a few years. So my daughter was completing her 12 boards and I'm like most busy, well-intentioned and responsible Indian parents. So her parents were also pestering her with career ideas. Do this, do that. The ones we felt graced her the most. But she had a different voice. And we found out that most children have different voices. And this is when the idea of helping children to identify and pursue enjoyable happy careers came up we wanted to focus on happiness as the core outcome you know as different researchers suggested a very strong correlation of happiness with job success so if i choose a happy career i'm more likely to be successful in the job that i do later on so soon we could put together a set of tools around occupational psychology uh, we scripted the right conversations i mean the one that we felt at that moment and we set up a process to help both parents and children and children, especially from class 8, sort of expand their views in the context of modern career options. And finally, uh, offer them a personalized career blueprint. So today, uh, it's a happy moment for us, you know, when we have offered services to over 500 students. The number is not huge, not in millions. But, you know, I think, you know, we Career Clinic also has been able to impact at least the lives of 500 plus students who have paid for the services. And there are some hundreds 
which we did pro bono. These are students typically ranging from 8th standard to a postgraduate student. And how this helps students is, you know, it has helped them to choose their most enjoyable streams, science, arts, humanities, commerce, choose their appropriate competitive test. Should I do IITG versus a CLAT or an architecture admission? And this is where most of the money from parents are badly invested. You make them uh, get into an institute, they don't like what they are being trained out there and they, they retire mid midterm and you burn money. It also has helped them to choose best courses and also the right colleges. Right colleges from in terms of where the course is available, uh, in terms of the financial ability of parents, in terms of, you know, sometimes certain of the logistical constraints that uh, bind the decision. So all put together screens, which test do I fit in? what is the best course and the right college. We are soon coming up uh, with uh, integrated services like providing internships, adolescence guidance, and that's a big issue. Admission guidance, you know, life skills like public speaking, storytelling, presentation, you know, you know building those, helping, helping uh, children develop those skills and so on. So we, we have a vision to be the nation's first holistic career guidance provider. Not just say which is good for you, but also prepare you and be available for you till actually help me uh, you know, achieve that. So Moa, wish us well. Absolutely. I completely wish you well. What does it take for Koshik Chatterjee to be so inspired, you know, and motivated and creative in your coaching and volunteer work? Difficult to say, Moa. Uh, maybe someday I'll figure out the code. Uh, what I can share is I deliberately fuel my energy. Align my what you call the body, mind, soul, trinity. Creative thinking, you know, gives me immense joy. And I think this is, I've been observing myself, maybe back when in the college also, I sort of, you know, went into the zone of, of, of thinking a little differently and, you know, maybe, maybe sometimes a little disruptively. Sometimes I got badly bitten for this. But by and large, I think the world has treated me kindly. Socializing with a positive psychology is fun for me. So when I, I, I like meeting people with a positive frame of mind of what is what is possible and possible happily. I always challenge myself with small bits of discomfort. Let me give some examples. Like emceeing in an award ceremony. It happened uh, a month back in one of the coaching conclaves. You know, moderating a non-typical session. Not my area, not in sales, not in coaching, something else. Right. Volunteering as an office bearer. You know, I'm a treasurer to my, my engineering college uh, piece. You know, I'm whatever... Uh, marketing and partnership director in the coaching community and all. If you ask me to sing aloud a folk song and preferably Bangla, I will just stand and deliver. I may not be the best singer, neither am I a trained singer, but I will do that. I can script a small sitar and, and so on. So all that I'm saying is I continuously push me into uncomfortable uh, pieces, which I know uh, it, has, it has worked for me in the past. And so it pushes me to be in that state of flow, if I may call it. There's a psychological term where, you know, you get immersed in what you were doing, uh, you know, the clock sort of stops working for you and, and uh, you are executing in that nice zone. So I am mostly, I have observed that I'm, I'm increasing those hours of, of nice zone execution in more hours of the day than possibly what I did three, four years back. Of late, the bug is bitten to be a published author and uh, I, I envy you for already achieving that status. And I'm delving uh, a little deeper in the subject of humor in the boardroom. Humor is a very pet, uh, I'm not an exponent, but I do believe in the power of humor. And uh, humor in the boardroom because I'm going to put some smiles in those seriously intellectual greens that happens inside meeting rooms and boardrooms. And that's where 
any aspiring co-authors around in the Mumma show, I'll be, I'll be too happy to connect. How amazing. So we have an upcoming book from you that uh, you want to co-author and this is for all our listeners. If you would like to co-author with Koshik Chatterjee, please uh, get in touch with him. So thank you so much Koshik for being in this episode and for all our listeners, if you want to learn the game of getting your sales pitch right, look no further. Please get in touch with Koshik Chatterjee, the director of Career Clinic and he will help you reach that pot of gold. Thank you so much, Koshik, for being on today's episode. Thank you so much, Mahua, and wishing all the best for the Mahua show. Thank you. To you, our dearest listeners, you can find us on your favorite streaming services, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, and of course, on all other major streaming services. With loads of love, we are the Mahua show, where we talk imandari se. <laughs>